0: Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian, the club still propping up Scottish football. I'm Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by Mark Donaldson.
1: Tell me we'll be alright, Laurie. <laughs> Please, Do- we'll, we'll be fine <laughs> because I listened back to that podcast last week and I feel hoodwinked. I feel annoyed at myself.
0: I know. For I know.
1: Thinking we're what give us the God-given right? What give us the divine right to think? Oh, we'll be fine against Hamilton. Why were we flummoxed? Are we not actually very good at all? Tell, tell me, we'll be all right, Laurie.
0: I wish I could. And before Saturday, I would say I was. Yeah, I'm going to say I was confident that as bad as things were. I was confident we would win against Hamilton, and I was confident that we would at least finish above Hamilton. I said, "I think I said to I was speaking to Joel Sked before the game. I, th- I think I said a pretty confident moment today. Pretty confident we could get eleventh, submitting. I'm optimistic about, but could be slightly more challenging. But I was fairly relaxed about the whole finishing bottom thing, um, as if as if we haven't learnt from the last few seasons anything at all." Exactly. No, it can it, it 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 can always get worse. And after that, I'm very much this is this is going to go to the wire. This is going to be a battle. It's going to be a scrap, and it, it's not going to be pretty. We're not going to pull away and comfortably finish in tenth or, or who would have thought above that? I don't, certainly don't think now. So yeah, it's a battle as if we didn't know that already. And um, the game on Saturday showed that yeah, if we can't take anything for granted at all. Um, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Hearts Hamilton game. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, some goalkeeping moments, your favourite goalkeeping moments, which was the homework that Mark put out there last week. And we will look ahead. Oh God, oh, God. Look ahead to the next game when Hearts travel to Paisley on Friday night for the next installment of How on Earth Are We Going to Get Out of This Mess? <laughs> So first up, Hearts hosted Hamilton Academical, the game that we build and everyone build as their biggest, this season and biggest for the last few years really, uh, bottom against second bottom and we went into it with that naive, blind optimism that we've shown so many times um, on this show since we started. Uh, no, no surprise, there were some changes to the team and uh, three in total, Um Hickey and Uchi came in, but I guess the one that a lot of people were hoping for a lot of people expected was in goals. Mark and came Bobby Lamal, so I'm sure you would have been pleased when you saw that on the team sheet.
1: Yeah, I liked the team. I sent you that message when I got it. Yeah, I liked the team, but as the game wore on, you, you didn't thought, like the team. Yeah, uh, certain <laughs> individuals I just didn't think worked. But yeah, I mean, you, you can tell with, with with Bobby. He knows he's he knows he's not first choice. Um, he, he hopes he is now, but he, he's—you can see why he's not. Mm-hmm. He's an all-right goalkeeper. He's—he's he's fine, but I mean, we—we we do not have good options no. in the goalkeeping position.
0: And we'll talk about the game. But interestingly, as as Bobby's Lamal, or to be honest, as Hart's goalkeeping performances in recent seasons go, that one was all right. I mean, we're didn't... not
1: talking about the goal yet. We're not talking about the goalkeepers.
0: We're not going to be talking about the goalkeeper much because he didn't really do much wrong. Maybe a couple of passes he could have played better or not played to people, but on the whole, you know, fine. Not too many issues. Um, it was just everything else. So Hearts started, I mean, on paper, they were lining up as we heard as a 4-3-1-2. Uh, as we've seen in recent weeks, that is very fluid formation-wise, but Allen goes, clear at right back, Hickey back in at left back, Halkin, Suter in the middle, Walker, Smith, Irving, and Naismith meant to be further forward, supporting Boyce and Ucce. Uh, we'll talk about a few things. We're going to talk about some of the big, some of the moments, which you don't always do, but I think for this game it, it makes sense to do it. In general, a couple of players here, Aaron Hickey... He looked, he looked way off it. I thought, and it's maybe just because he's been out and he's been injured. But I just didn't look. He didn't think he looked like he was on his game at all in the first half.
1: No, Aaron Hickey. Uh, I was messaging a friend of mine last night, and I said it's probably an unpopular opinion. However, I'm not sure about him right now, uh, and I know it was it was hard for him to have to come back in. It was about like Garuccio coming back in after a a, a long period out. Uh, he's there's just been, and, and this is a difficulty with a kid that age. We, we're talking about him as if he's some sort of finished article.
0: Yeah, I know. And he's—he's
1: he's, he's not. He's—he's he's a baby. He's a baby. He's got a lot, a lot of potential. No wonder there's there's clubs after him as well. But
0: it's a hard is... situation though for oh, a seventeen-year-old. I mean, of
1: course it is.
0: If you, do you remember? I mean, the season we went down under Gary Locke, and obviously we were forced to play a team of kids. Um, but when we hit the rut. And the losses were just coming thick and fast, and we couldn't buy a point. I think it really showed on the younger on the younger players that we couldn't we couldn't not play them because we didn't have anyone else. Yeah, but I think that especially you maybe in that moment you just needed a bit more experience around and people just to get get their heads up, just get them, get them playing the basics right, giving them a bit of encouragement. We had a couple of players in there, you know, we had. God, Jamie Hamill um <laughs> that's Ryan Stevenson Jamie McDonald. but on the whole it was a youthful team and you, you, they struggled you know they, when the heads went down it was an entire team of kids and you know, there was a rut that lasted for months and I think with, with Hickey it's just a difficult time to be a Hearts player let alone be a Hearts player who's still not even old enough to go down and buy himself
1: yeah a of beer well l- legally but I'm sure he knows legally, people yeah. that can get him a, a, a dodgy ID do you know what I love about Aaron Hickey Never hives.
0: No, he doesn't. Never sh- no, that's Never true. shirks.
1: Always, if he loses the ball, he'll try twice as hard to, to win it back. And that, so many people could learn from that, not just in football. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's just, it's tough. And I don't think it's fair to, to isolate certain individuals as far as they <laughs> like, are the
0: Like, like just, we're going like like to do. like we've just done.
1: Yeah, and like we're doing. Uh, however, life's not fair. It's not fair that we're bottom of the table. Well, we deserve to be bottom of the table. So if he plays... Then whether he's seventeen or or, or whatever, uh, he's as culpable as anybody it's, else yeah. as far as that is concerned. But look, let's not just pick on him. No, we're okay. not.
0: We're not. We're gonna and we're gonna break the goals down. It was interesting that he said that because after the game, um, and we were speaking in the press area, and I think it was I think it was Mark At- Atkinson who was talking about the ratings. we were talking about what he was going to give Hickey, and um, I can't. Even, I don't even know what he actually gave him in the end. But he's like, I can't give him that. You know, he's so young and stuff. And I was like, yeah, but you've kind of just got to give a player the rating you should get, whether he's 17 or 35 or you know, if that's the rating you think, that's the rating he gets. Um, but no, we're not, I you know, we don't just want to. And to be honest, Hickey's one of these play, players where there's a, a certain degree of, you You can't hang too much um, on him. You can't put too much on his shoulders, given he is a kid who has been expected to exactly help drag us out of this. There's a lot more experienced players in there, a lot players on a lot more money than him with a lot more not necessarily technical ability but a lot more um now a lot more experience that they should be able to implement and do better and um, you it could argue ar-
1: you could argue saying that Lord, you exactly that you could argue that his teammates are letting him down
0: yes exactly um it didn't start well uh <laughs> <No> but... <laughs> shit, <Sherlock>. <laughs> <laughs> now, the first goal um i have to have to say in, in real time when i watched it um I was dumbfounded that there was no flag up. It was one of those where you let it run as you watch it at the time, and when you watch it again, even in a replay, it just looks like he's miles offside. Um, the word I then got, and I was getting messages from people who were watching, who were saying, we've seen it again, he's miles offside. But then people who... It's very,
1: it's very difficult. There wasn't an angle. That yeah. People, oh, that's that's obvious.
0: Exactly what I was going to say, because when you actually look at it, it's not clear either way. It's like his legs look like they're on where, because Scott Martin, the problem is Scott Martin's stretching as he hits it and he's not stretching. So although, but then I think maybe the front, I think he looks marginally off but it's like the front of his, it's his upper body as he's kind of running forward. Um, but as you say because we've not got an angle in line, you're trying to imagine a, a line across the pitch and it's not, a, yeah. It's very difficult but I didn't think it was his I was very shocked, and I think the ref was surprised. Kevin Clancy, because I said in commentary, he was going over to his assistant and have a conversation for quite a bit after the goal. Looked like he was kind of saying, and you are sure? Yeah." <laughs> he definitely. Mm. Um, I think if he's on, I think the assistant's fortunate because the assistant wasn't in line. I just think the assistant
1: in... had a horrible game, by the way. He did, Daniel, he did. Daniel, Daniel McFarlane, and the, this is this is one of the. It's what Lawrence was talking Lawrence Donegan was, was mentioning on, on Twitter about your commentary and and I, I got a nice message back about he'd listened to this podcast and he thought he thought it was excellent. But no no humble brags, but what I'm trying to say here is um <clears throat> this is not we're not gonna sugarcoat it. The assistant, by all accounts, was poor for our goal, our 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 goal by Jamie Walker as well. And they were just I watched the game on Hearts T V and I there were just some things he was—he was not uh, one of the better ones. Daniel McFarlane
0: was the far side assistant. I thought he was, uh, to be honest, guessing a lot of the time. I didn't think he looked like he had any conviction in what he was doing, um, and he wasn't able to play a couple of times. Like I thought with the goal, whether it was on or whether it was off, I think the reason he wasn't flagging was because he wasn't there to to get in line, but he looked like he was slightly behind it. But anyway, it it, it was a goal. It was early on though. I mean. Um, there was plenty of time at that point. It was a setback. We still didn't get going though. And sixteen minutes. And you know, if was, as I said in commentary, if there was any doubt about the first goal, uh, there was absolutely no doubt about the penalty, which was just sloppy. I know I saw Aaron Hickey got some criticism, and a th- uh, and Jimmy gave him criticism as well. Maybe it wasn't the best back pass, but we should have still been able to get ourselves out of that situation from when Zlatan had the ball. And we played ourselves into issues clear, sloppy with the challenge and it's a well taken penalty and just like that everything we'd hoped for, all the hopes and dreams are just crashing down around us and I just didn't know what to think
1: Well suddenly we're talking before the game of it being a must win and then we're talking about, this is before the sending off Yeah, and we'll get to that in a minute, but then you're thinking well at least we've got time to do something, but it's it, this is what's annoyed. It, it's annoyed me since the game about the way I felt going into the game. I know. Why were we in this ball, bo- this bubble? Is it?
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why we ever thought we were. I mean, not that we thought we should win, but the fact that we were confident about it. It just seems arrogance. Is it ridiculous. arrogance? Yeah. Is it possibly, arrogance possibly.
1: Is it arrogance because we're hearts? We're not going to be in that position, or we'll get out of it. At which point, I mean. We Said last week, and I want to. I'll probably go back to last week's show and what we said two or three times. We said if we don't win, the alarm bells are ringing. Oh, they, they are. are ringing, they're ringing them, loudly. Right? Oh, my god, you you can hear them now. So, at 2-0 down, I, it's it was very hard to, to understand. The crowd were they were flanked, they, yeah. I like, was stunned, what, what, yeah. What, what now? How has this been allowed to happen? I mean, defensively. We'll get to the Stephen Naismith interview later in the show, but one thing I want to mention uh, at at this particular point, um, I'm pals with Stuart Lovell, um, who was doing an interview with Stevie Naismith today because they've got the St. Mirren Hearts game on BT Sport this weekend. I I got a crux of what was said, but the thing that Stevie had said to Stuart in today's interview that that Lovell messaged me was simply, "Ah, well, we need to stop giving teams a two-goal start. And that—that's kind of how it felt. Like, okay, now, Plan A, okay, Plan B, if there is one, Plan C. Well, this 2 0 down now, what? Then it becomes panic, and we—we struggled.
0: And I tell you you what—I don't need to elaborate on it. If there hadn't been a red card,
1: we would not have taken anything from that
0: game. No, nothing. I I agree. (laughs) On the red card, um, I thought it was harsh. I really do, and I've seen it again afterwards. I thought it was really harsh.
1: Well, they've they've appealed it, haven't they? And it'll be interesting to see how the appeal goes. Because if it hits his arm first, and that's the only point of contact with the body, then it's harder to argue. The fact is, it's like a ricochet off a body part onto an arm. By the letter of the law, when it comes to a penalty, that isn't given as a penalty, because it hits another body part, a legal body part, first. So... Was the arm outstretched? Yeah, but the proximity of when the ball hits the chest or whichever part of the body it hits legally before it hits the arm, it it shouldn't have been given by the letter of the law as far as a deliberate, I know they say deliberate handball or or whatever. However, there are those that are saying, yeah, but he's denied a a goal-scoring opportunity. It's a difficult one. and I listen to Sports Sound and other, um, other kind of shows and podcasts and Again, it depends which which corner you're in. I think the consensus, although not uniformity of agreement, I think the consensus is if that was yellow, then it was probably not. We're not we're not really going to complain too much. There'll be those that said I should have been red. I think more people think it should have been a yellow than a red.
0: Yeah, I think it's the movement that you make your arm as he's running. He's just you know your yeah, arms go. Yeah. You know, in front and then back and in front and then back. Yeah, but like you say, even our table in the in the media area afterwards was divided when we looked at the replay. I said I still don't think it was a still don't think it was yeah, a red. Someone someone else agreed and then two other people went and nah, I think it is. So yeah, it's a it a, was a, given. A,
1: a, yeah, a couple of things about this. One, this was the third red card in twelve games for this kid. I know. <laughs> that was harsh. The Morelos thing when he played them, again there the was that. And the second thing is as well Pals of mine are, are Rangers fans and they hate Kevin Clancy. Uh, and they were like, has he made another one? But it wasn't really him, was it? Because when he first handled it...
0: Know, it was the, ass- one- the assistant, yeah, I think, wasn't Yeah, it was the
1: assistant on the first. Because he's blindsided, Kevin Clancy. So he's given on the advice of the assistant. This is one of these wait and see for me. I'll be intrigued as to how this appeal goes. Um, of course, it could be upheld. But I wouldn't be the biggest shock if it was... If it was reduced to a yellow, and if it's reduced to a yellow, Hamilton will be absolutely pissed off to the nth degree, because as as you you and I have just been discussing, I don't think Hearts get anything out of that game if they have 11 players in the park. And bearing in mind this was the 21st minute, yeah, I thought their organisation was outstanding, um, their defending was was heroic, and. Our creation was poor. Yeah, it was it was a good ball in for for Halkett's winner. We'll get to that shortly as well. But it was a team that was like shit. Now what do we do for Hearts? And it was it was just constant. They just they sucked it up. And I it's an interesting kind of thought. No one will ever know. But how much longer would Hearts have had to play? I get it's attack against defense. How much longer would Hearts have had to play to play to get the winner in that game? And, and and no one knows, but I never thought the equaliser was coming. It wasn't like, yeah. This is, it's it wasn't like Kamarnik. It was never like
0: yeah. that, exactly. The Kamarnik game, I felt like we'd played another five minutes, we would have got another goal. Um, But this game, not so much. And I thought, yeah, I thought they battled. And it's interesting because you said that before the game in the last podcast. You know, one of your concerns is maybe that the likes of Aki's are used to this battle, this yep. fight, this... Yep. This um, maybe not so attractive, but it's it's effective approach. And I thought Sean won, um, especially and also Alex Gogic were superb in the centre defence. They were just blocking, attacking balls, getting things away. Even like Scott Martin, who was a midfielder, you could see him. He was his white, almost you know, his very white strip was just brown by the end. He, he was getting pulled one way and then the other, but I thought he actually stood up pretty well for a central midfielder playing it right back to cover. So yeah, I mean, from a Hamilton point of view, I think I think they'd be disappointed in the end, even though they had ten men for seventy minutes, and even though Hearts did have quite a few half chances and got in dangerous positions. I think Barr a double save by Luke Southwood just before the hour mark. He didn't have much to do beyond no. catching and picking the ball of the net twice. Um, I think what annoyed me, and this is interesting, is half time, you know, I wanted to go before half time. Disappointed we didn't get it. And I think before they came out, we we're talking about it. We need to go bang, nice and quick. If we go nice and quick, heads go down for Aki's momentum changes. I think we'll win. But it's getting that first goal. i was worried if it you know, went to 15 minutes plus, ideal. Walker onto an Aisworth pass, slips the past the keeper. 48 minutes. See at that point, even after everything that's happened, I'm thinking ah, we'll win this. Three too easy. Maybe even four. You know, if the floodgates open. And again, it just never really happened. I mean, I said that double save, that was about the only time, but that was at the point of the game where I thought it might get called off because the wind and the rain was ridiculous, it was swirling, um, and it was almost just by chance that the ball just kept coming in the box. I think Naismith, with his his chance, I think like me and like a lot of people in the stadium, I think he thought he was offside, um, didn't hit it with a lot of conviction. But I had a look through the highlights and I looked through my notes, not a whole lot. Half chances, some block shots.
1: A lot of the ball, but.
0: oh, seventy 70 odd percent, wasn't it? Well, yeah. I think um, the
1: Juventus game at the weekend, and it was similar. <laughs> in no way am I comparing Hearts with Juventus. But when you've got a team that aren't really interested in, in coming forward, whether it's um, Brescia, who lost 2 0 in the end, but for long spells, were able to soak up pressure. Juve had so much of the ball. The difference in this one. Well, they were very well organized and hard to break down. The difference with this one was Hamilton were very well organized and hard to break down, but they had a two-goal lead. So it, it, it's hard. When you've got a lot of the ball, you are got to move it quicker. And it was no surprise that uh, it was a delivery from, from out wide because if we can get to the byline and cut it back, because it's, it's very difficult to play through them. And I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they play five on three or whatever they play in training to where you've got like far more um, of the ball, but you you can't break them down. It was, it was
0: attack against defense drill. If you've ever watched football training or been in football training, here's one for you. Um, What was our formation at at any point in the second half? In the second half, I had, (sighs) I had no idea at any point.
1: he, He moved like four players at half time. And what about Storm Donnie's? Never mind Storm oh. Dennis, but Storm Donnie's. Oh, Jesus, what's that all about? Is this is this another Kevin Twaddle or a Beth's Leah or something oh. like that?
0: I, so, I mean, what's op- this, kid? Yeah, obviously we've got the equaliser. Craig Halkett to the rescue again. Uh, top scorer in all competitions. Now saved us against Stenhouse Muir. Um, obviously saved us against Aberdeen in the Cup. And now against Aki's, uh, maybe we should play him up front, he certainly seems to make the runs and get in good positions to get these headers so at that point you're thinking, right, we've got three minutes plus stoppages I don't know how there was only three added minutes Oh, that annoyed no, me That that, 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 really, did annoy that me. really
1: annoyed me, because they were time-wasting Oh, I
0: and thought there'd they be, be at least five. Oh yeah, of course they will but yeah, I thought there'd be at, we had, at least five we
1: it was... Six subs in the game Five of them were in the second half, of of course Avdi came on for like Ag so in essence, for I'm not going to go at them for time wasting. That's up to the referee to deal with because we would have done exactly the same. But there is no way oh, on God's yeah. earth there should have been three added minutes. Because
0: three, three is generally the minimum, un- unless the game's done and they do that whole one or two minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah.
1: But and, to be honest, if there was, if it was ten, we still wouldn't have scored.
0: Possibly not. Had,
1: but I know we would have had chances, but it's just. How did it happen? How did it happen? And we started talking about Aaron Hickey. Okay, Hickey's by no means a big problem here. He's he's not even a problem. Um, it will come, and it'll take time. What's happened to John Suter?
0: Yeah, he's 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 looked well off his game. Um, I, I think the central defensive pairing generally hasn't looked great, but Suter especially doesn't. It looks a shadow of the player. I I don't know. Is it a still not comfortable after his his injury or still very rusty um I've no,
1: I've, I've no idea I've not that that should be one of the best central defensive partnerships
0: oh yeah I said that but you know I was speaking about that at the weekend as well I was saying at the start of the season if you said right by the the the, the business end of the season our central our, our central defensive pairing will be Craig Halkett and John Sure you would probably said that's Best central defensive partnership we can get outside of Glasgow, easily. Agreed. But at the moment, we're bottom of the league, and you, you can't argue with that. On, on... They're exposed,
1: of course they're exposed, but still, too too many little errors.
0: I know. I, what I was going to say, Avdiay, now that is the second game where we've been hunting for a late winner.
1: You said that in commentary.
0: And he's had the last touch, or the last meaningful touch at least, of the game... And he has ballooned it from under no pressure. The, obviously, the one against St. Johnson was a free kick. Um, everyone up, last chance. There's no chance of getting countered. You know it's the last opportunity. Just get it into the box. Same again. I mean, that is uh, unforgivable. I, I mean, I think Jimmy referred to it as murder on, on air. But that is just... was. I mean, for someone who's obviously got a lot of confidence in his own ability to... to to get across so wrong under no pressure twice in such a pivotal point of the game.
1: <sighs> it's inexcusable. That's what it is. It's murder. It's various other things, but it's inexcusable. You're here to, for however long you're going to be here, to try and make an impact. Oh, you could see. I mean, It reminded me of the looks on the players' faces, the defenders' faces, when Pereira conceded the first goal at Celtic Park. His teammates were absolutely furious about that. And I know we've spoken individually about him. We've spoken individually about Hickey and, and how can, oh, Look, we could speak individually. We're not going to, but a lot of different players. Ikpiazu is one I want to talk about. It's not working, understandable, for him because, I mean, there were, there were a couple of decisions which were embarrassing that he tried to get. And I know you've talked about he, he gets dealt unfairly. Sometimes, and he does, he does, but you can understand why when he, he threw himself to the ground, when the ball was nowhere near him to try and get, whether it was a penalty or just outside the box, a free kick. But he, with his size and everything like that, there's always the kind of desperate need to, well, just get it forward to him. And he's, he's not the best. He's not he's not the best hold-up man when it comes to that. But just with the style that we're, we're trying to play, the problem you've got is one of our big problems is when and we've spoken about this every week, pretty much since Daniel Stendel came in, when we lose the ball is being able to regroup and being able to get into position quickly. When you've got someone like Ucce, that's not going to happen for, for that part of the pitch. And we kind of, we kind of agreed a few weeks ago, Laurie, that his position is probably going to be as an impact sub. If he does have a place under Daniel Stendhal. And this is, this is after the horses bolted, I get that. I'm not changing my mind when I saw the team. I liked the team. I liked the team. Um, ideally, you want to be proactive with things. A lot of the time in football, you've, you've got to be reactive when it comes to what team you're going to pick next time after seeing what they did. Um, I think our, our, our big problem is by putting Michael Smith in the middle of the park, we do like him. He's good. He's fine. But he's not at the back. And obviously it was a four. You're not really going to play a three. Sean um, Clare, again, no issues whatsoever going forward, but he's not a right back. And and this is the problem. Where do we play Smith? Do we play him as a centre-back in a three? If we don't, do we just keep him at right back? As someone pointed out on a, a podcast or on the radio, I think it was, he's an international right back. Just play him at right back. And he, I know what you say he's maybe his best position is... Might be at centre-back, but we, we've we got a lot of square pegs and round holes. Um, and as you say, what formation have we played in the second half? There's a lot of tweaking, there's a lot of chopping, and there's a lot of changing. Now, after we've spoken about Hamilton, I want to look at Daniel Stendel in 10, 15 minutes' time. The honeymoon period is over, and I think we should discuss as well the comments from those that say off oh, wrong decision a point. Let's discuss that as well. Let's not do this podcast without discussing the manager today, after we've spoken about the game and the players that we're on right now.
0: So um, Hamilton failed to end a 33-year wait for, uh, sorry, my my master. It's terrible there. It was a 43-year wait, I believe. Actually. I was going to Wasn't say, that... I
1: was born that year.
0: Yep, sorry, sorry. That. 43, 43, mass out the window. um, And get there. I believe that's their fourth draw out of 21 of the last games at Tyne Castle. And now three of those four have come in the last four meetings. One and I
1: didn't mention, Laurie, last week, and I want—I forgot to mention it. It was one of my favourite games. I know you did the 10-0 Cowdenby. Mm-hmm. I did the 7-0 Hamilton when Sandy Jardin scored. I think it was a free kick. I'm, I can't remember. Um, but the 7-0 Hamilton was one of those games. It was one of those games. And we didn't lose. At halftime, if I'd offered you, if I'd messaged you and said, have you taken a point right now? At halftime, knowing they were down to 10. Bearing in mind last week, you said you wouldn't take 11th because you think we could get 10th or higher. Would you have taken a point at halftime last week?
0: Um. No. Neither would I Only because of the red card, though.
1: Correct. Oh, one hundred percent. that's that's part of it. Um, and we we did get a point, but I think it was. I think if we'd been any good in the second half, we would have won that game. But right now, we're not very good. We're not. We're not. And we're we're slowly starting to realise that just because we're heart of a Lothian that means foxtrot Oscar. No, it doesn't. It means Foxtrot Alpha, because Foxtrot Oscar's <laughs> F.O., and that means nothing. Foxtrot Alpha. Yes. that's what it means.
0: Um, you mentioned Stephen Nace, though This the, the, the time of recording, so it's Tuesday evening, um, there's been some uh, stuff in the press suggesting yes. there is a divide in the dressing room. There's some serious dressing room unrest. I won't even say where it's being run. Um but it's obviously there.
1: there were lots of quotes in the piece, were there?
0: I understand there wasn't, but again I I refuse, oh, no there's a shock. I refused to click um, and take myself through to the website for said um publication. Uh, so Stephen Aswith came out and did an interview. Um, now, oh, there's a lot of stuff possibly to be confirmed, but lots of possible possibly won't come out. My understanding is that Stephen Naismith wanted to do this interview. It was actually his idea to come out and do the interview, Um, quash the rumours of dressing room unrest. I think he referred to it as absolute rubbish. Certainly the word rubbish was used. Um, (laughs) It's interesting. Uh, It's a situation where I guess it's good to see our club captain coming out whether he, you know, whether it's true that it was his idea. The interview, he certainly did it. Uh, he certainly seemed very keen to to rubbish the rumours. Um, quite content that that's all it is.
1: No idea, unless you're in there. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, I, I, take him at his word, especially if he wants to come out and say that, because that would be easy to for a PR department on behalf of the manager or or the, the chairman, woman, whatever, to say, hey, put someone in front of the camera." Stick it on the website. This didn't happen. I I don't know. I I, I don't know. Now, the journalist in question that that wrote this, I know, used to be, and probably still is, good friends with a former Hearts player, and anything that appeared in in, um, that newspaper uh, usually had some semblance of truth about it because it was given directly from the horse's mouth. I don't know if that that journalist has anyone anymore. It just seems... (laughs) It depends what side of the fence you're on. Is there there's no smoke without fire, or is this come yeah. from a, a a person at heart who's pissed off right now because they're not getting an opportunity, so they've decided Possibly, to yeah. to be a to be a a, a problem and to uh, to spout their mouth out. So uh, mouth off. So there's a lot of potential. Of this happened or that happened. Um, let's just do our talking on the pitch and try and do it better yeah. than than we've been doing.
0: And let's hope we can do some talking on the pitch on Friday night. Uh, we will talk about that game, uh, which is, of course, St. Byron against Hearts before we go. Um, but we will move on to other subjects for now. So last week, uh, Mark put the homework out to you, which was a bit general, a bit vague, but um, that's fine, uh, which was... Your favourite goalkeeping moments, it could be performances, it could be great saves, but it could be comical moments or or, or anything goalkeeper related. So um, believe it or not, we actually got quite a lot of replies uh, to this one. Um, Feg Bizit said, Henry Smith's performance in the League Cup quarterfinal at Dens Park in 1995 stands out for quirky, saved the penalty, <laughs> missed the penalty, missed one. fluffed the kick out, had yes. the lot. Um, Steve Morris also mentioned that one. Uh, Henry Smith League Cup versus Dundee penalty shootout. I loved Henry, a great keeper, but oh, ffs! Whatever made him decide he could take a penalty? The ball zoomed over the landing, presumably in Tanadice. Um, w- were you were you at that one? Yeah,
1: I was behind the goal, and it takes a hell of a clearance to get it over that end and into what is now the, the little car park behind the stand, but. Was wasteland back then? I don't know if it got that far, but Jesus, that was one of those collective "Oh, you're kidding" moments. What a game it was! Neil McCann was unplayable in that in that cup tie. Um, I think Amaruso lets it run. Did he put that on? I'm sure. I'm sure I saw it pretty recently. Um, it might he well might have. Yeah. I'm just trying to think if it was on telly. Um, I don't think it was a live game. There might have been highlights.
0: Was that the horrible but... yellow kit? No, it, no, that was
1: that was the early nineties. No, that uh, no, it wasn't that night. Um, this was what did we say? This was ninety five. The uh-huh. Dundee game, the 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 four
0: was it was it ninety five? The four four. Sorry, that's um, what Feg said. I assume. I, yeah. I haven't. I haven't. Haven't. Oh,
1: checked no, it. <laughs> the, the, the league, the league cup. I don't think we wore yellow because we only wore yellow once, maybe twice up there. Because I believe Justin Fashion wore yellow up there. Uh, That's OK. Don't, that, get, don't that get bogged
0: team. down by it. It's fine. No, no.
1: But I remember, yes, I, I was there and it was, yeah, it, it it was one of those crazy, crazy nights. But Henry, jeez, he saved us a few times, but not that night.
0: Yeah, well, a time he, he saved us. Uh, Harry Temple said um, Henry Smith versus Brian Hamilton at Easter Road when he saved the penalty. Thanks to them putting his technique in the match day programme.
1: There's a great article about this. Now, I'm going to try and remember. Uh, was it Simon Pia, I believe, was the match day editor around that time. And if it's not, and I, and I know Simon, having worked with him, if it wasn't him, I do apologise. If it was him, um, it, it, it's not something i kind of make up. And there was a diagram of, of the goals in previous games, and there was obviously one of, of the, the penalty taker. And uh, you always used to see. I don't know if you see it anymore. I've not been to a game in Scotland for for ages, or not many of them. The players always used to, before they had phones and and Bluetooth headphones and all everything like that. They used to come out and read the program. That was always the thing. They'd get arrive there about 1.30, um, one forty five. They'd all come out. They'd all read the program, and it was no it was no different that day. Uh, Henry read the program, saw that was the case, and and did exactly what. What he'd read and, and was able to do so. So yeah, I'm sure it was Simon P and I'm sure I'm sure he got his balls booted for
0: that. <laughs> um Dave Lawson says that Jim Cruikshank say from the Tommy Gemmell Thunderbolt in the sixties. I was right behind the goals that day. Boy, that has got to be up there as he tipped that round the post brill- brilliantly to his right and Gemmell was left speechless. So Wow,
1: okay.
0: One one that um not obviously would have been privy to at the time but um, Cruikshank's name will come up again um, in terms of where we got it so it was mentioned by Mrs. Miko 1874 it says Kello with Jim Cruikshank's shirt when he died, beautiful tribute, um, that was of course when Marion Kello saved a penalty against Hamilton Ackes at Tynecastle, and it was shortly after Cruikshank had passed away so Kello had put a Cruikshank shirt in the net um, oh, obviously nice. a fan's favourite back in the 60s and 70s. So quite poignant that Kello saved the penalty. And uh, there's that nice image that you can find if you look up Marion Kello where he's holding up the Cruikshank shirt as well. Mm. Um, it's a nice one. Um, Robbie says, watching Fraser Forster <laughs> raging after the BT penalty. Um, that was uh, it's funny, that one, because I, I was at that game behind the goal, obviously, with the rest of the Hearts fans. And um, So this is 1-1 Scottish Cup semi-final. Hearts get a penalty, you know it's pretty much gonna be the last action of the game. And the Fraser Forster is so big. He's huge. He's he's six <laughs> he's six foot seven and he's not skinny either. He's not that he's fat, but he's built, so he just looks like there's no goal to aim at. And B E did the only thing I think I would have done in that situation if I was a footballer and I could take a penalty. Because if he goes the right way and he's gonna save it, because he's huge. So you've just got to give him the eyes, and if you can, I, I yeah, I just thought he played that one really well, but I don't know, I, I could just imagine B sizing up and thinking, left or right, that's 50-50, you know, if he, he's going to dive, and if he goes the way I'm going, he's going to save it, right down the middle, only option, only option available.
1: It was never a penalty in the first place as well, which made it, it even wasn't. more sweet.
0: No, but the Celtic goal was offside, we've said that before as well. Um, but yeah, great moment. Great moment. Um I can't I I can't say I actually remember Fraser Forrester raging much at the time, but I have seen it in replays since. Uh, Simi says Craig Gordon's triple save against Sparta Prague at Murrayfield. Incredible. Mm, it was. Um here's a here's quite a good one. Um I, I don't I don't know this game um a bit before my time, but um this has been mentioned a couple of times, so I'll go through a couple of messages. In fact three I think of what here. Alan Miko says um uh, first up he said Henry's impossible save from Tommy Coyne in 91-92 yeah, remember that. <laughs> but he went on to say Gorham at Hibbs getting an ovation from the shed when single-handedly stopping a hammering um, Odd Shaped Balls said I'll never forget that Gorham performance I'm sure we, we still won but it could have been double figures that day uh, at the other end of the scale, Zibby in the semi. But then Stephen Lowe also says, Strangely, Andy Gorham playing for Hibs at Tiny. I think we won 3-1, but Gorham was outstanding and the shed sang his name. He gave us a glance like we were on the wind-up. And um, David Reid then follows up and says, 100% agree, the best opposition performance I've seen in 50 years at Tynecastle.
1: There's a there's a piece, in or there was a piece in the evening news. They did a Maroon Memories segment and it appeared on the 24th of March, 2018. When a hearts crowd rises to acclaim a Hibs player during an Edinburgh oh, Derby, okay. then perhaps you should start looking for a blue moon in the sky <laughs> or a month of Tuesdays. So,
0: yeah, I, I,
1: it saved Hibs from what could probably have been their most humiliating defeat in almost 100 years of Edinburgh derbies. He conceded three, but it could have been double figures.
0: Oh, oh there you go. That's, that's, yeah. that's a good one. I, I, I not being aware of that. Jimmy
1: um, played, and ask Jimmy about it. He was a fullback that day.
0: Probably probably his fault we conceded a goal.
1: What's his memory like with, with things like that? Is oh, he...
0: he's dotted all of it. No, he's not. He's actually he's pretty not, good. He's
1: dotted all of it to play. <laughs> no. is, is he like Robbo? Robbo used to be called C-Fax because he could remember eh, there's people like teenagers like, what the hell C-Fax? Page 302 <laughs> for the football. Uh, page 312 for this like kind of in-depth, no, the, the little snippets. Um Robo could remember everything. Could Jimmy?
0: He on the whole yeah, pretty good. He always remembers his goals because he only scored 3 of them. Um <laughs> <laughs> unlike Robo who got quite a few. Uh, Bill Steed says 92-93 season, the day of the shambles at Brockville, the 6-0. A few hundred of mm. us travelled to Fur park to watch the reserves. Nicky Walker almost on the halfway line at one point of the action was in <laughs> Motherwell box guy shouts uh, telling him to get back to his box walker looks over in the general direction and proceeds to give the old nescafe gesture <laughs> a- absolutely hilarious <laughs> so
1: that so they went to Motherwell for a reserve game that day when we were all at falkirk watching our team get pumped um ah, yeah okay
0: interesting uh, they knew something we didn't um Henry, Henry, give us a wave, is what Tommy1874 yes. says. As a kid in the shed, I loved that song. He was a brilliant keeper and we loved him.
1: Yeah, and uh, Henry, everyone's got different Henry memories if you watched him play. Um, the, the puffing out his cheeks. I like that. When he, <laughs> a, a successful. It was like a relief. I don't, I don't know why he did it.
0: Successful um, kick out. Job yeah, done. Pretty
1: much. Yeah, it was like a. I, I'm doing it in like in my house on my own. I'm doing this right now. No one is seeing it, and I don't know why I'm doing it's, this.
0: It's it's not, not really a podcast type of thing, is it? To do?
1: <laughs> no, it's not even on TV. It's just like, why are you sitting? Oh, uh, yeah, Henry. Henry was great.
0: Henry was great. Here's uh, another recent goalkeeping performance against us. Duncan Robertson says, Joe Lewis for Aberdeen at Murrayfield. Would oh, how
1: a, good was he that uh, day?
0: Would have been a landmark win, especially with the million apparent Don's fans in attendance. Uh, that was Craig Levine's Nell Nell, um, it? First, yeah, his first game back in charge. And yeah, we were we were excellent that day. It was just mm-hmm. came up against yeah. a keeper on fine form. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have we got? Heart of Gold ninety eight is a good one as well. Jamie McDonald against Hibs at Easter Road quarter final of the cup. Um, it's the one where Ryan Stevenson's absolute screamer overshadowed an epic goalkeeping performance. Oh, and it was Ante Pat Fenland's last match as manager. Yeah, that was that was one of those games where we could have been we could have been getting battered in the opening half an hour, but. Um, McDonald kept us in a couple of cracking saves, and then the sucker punch um, was Stevenson with that belter at the other end. But, aye, we could have we could have got a do in that night, but somehow got through. And that was, of course, the the season we went down, uh, thirteen, yeah.
1: fourteen. I was just going to ask about Jamie McDonald. I like Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I thought he was a, he was a, a decent goalkeeper for Hearts. Obviously, left to go to Falkirk in twenty fourteen. Where is he on? Is he on loan at Alloa right now? I think. Yes. From, yeah. Yeah. From from Kelly. He's better than what we've got. I'm not saying he's brilliant, but yeah, I think. Did he not go to Falkirk? Uh, That was he didn't play for us in the championship, did he?
0: No, Neil Alexander.
1: That's right. So he. Do I I do I recall an acrimonious exit for Jamie from Hearts? I don't know why I'm thinking that, but did he not leave under a bit of a cloud it? Well, did he not feel that he was he was deserving of a new deal or so i i, I, I maybe i don't i can't remember but... i can't remember
0: what was said but he was one of the players that were cut on budget day um you know when basically they came in and players were told they were going on mass it was stevenson oh, okay. and, and yeah, the like. Okay. so i can't remember what was said though um
1: no, it, was just, it was released at the end of the season and it, yeah I, I don't know
0: yeah, but he, he would he, definitely be enough won.
1: goalkeeper. Yeah, he was. He wasn't one that you, if you were to do a kind of Hearts duds over the years, he, he certainly wouldn't appear. He, yeah, yeah. he was solid yeah, enough. He,
0: um, exactly. Yeah, he
1: solid. Yeah, exactly.
0: A Neil Berry of goalkeeping. <laughs> Craig McGill says uh, Nieme double save at Celtic Park from Petrov and Miravchik in 2000 with Hearts winning 3-2, and that's been posted by Amaruso. Let's it run. Uh, Amaruso lets it run. Also posted a couple of Craig Gordon ones, including. Um, the terrific save against Motherwell and also Clarkson, that yep. wonderful one-handed save at Easter Road um, I was behind the goal for that one the one from Rob Jones, the header um, oh, yeah. I had, I had a cracking view of that one that's also, Amaruso lets it run if you go on his Twitter page you can see the videos of these uh, George Hob said um, Donald Ford the smallest player in the team taking over in goals based on his cricket fielding ability then, oh, wow. then being chipped by Danny McGrain. <laughs> Cousin of the Celtic <laughs> version from 40 yards against Clyde in the Scottish Cup in
1: 1973. Oh, a great memory. I've never heard of that before. That's no, neither have standard. I. I'll have, have to
0: look that one up afterwards. There, uh, there's
1: one, that, just a, a brief one, um, and it, it actually had nothing to do with the goalkeeper. He never made the save. But Anti Niemi was facing Miksu Patalainen last minute of the derby. I think it was nil-nil because we it was the only time I've ever done commentary from above the, what do they call that, cow shed, the old cow shed or whatever it was, mm-hmm. because the main stand was being uh, was being renovated. So we did the commentary from over there, and Mixu last minute, tried to chip um, Antiniemi, yeah. and uh, they hit the bar and went over it, but he missed. He missed. I remember Lovell was, was talking about that, because I think he might have played in the game, um, or speaking to someone about the game, and, and Soze, I believe played in that game and he would normally take penalties, but for some reason Mixu got the ball and uh and tried to be a smart arse and it, it didn't I tell you what it was. It was um prior to Sky did a Sky did interviews. Remember they did a a thing prior to was it the cup final? No, it was it was since then. They they must have they must have shown a, a Scottish Cup tie or whatever. Um and they had Jim Jeffries on one so They had two hearts, two hibs. Su and Alec McLeish, I think, for hibs, or John Hughes or whatever. But Mixu was, was, was talking himself about that and uh, how he regrets trying to be a smart arse because Yemi just kind of laughed at him after the game. Um,
0: Finished Palace, fans.
1: yeah. Yeah, hearts fans behind the goal, certainly enjoyed that.
0: He interestingly said anti Yemi last week. I incorrectly thought I remembered Yemi." scoring when he was down south. Um, what I'd remembered was, I got the game, I got the score right, it was a 2-2 game, he was still at Southampton against Fulham, and he'd went up late on, and he hit the bar, and Southampton scored from the rebound. So ah. I didn't quite get it right, incidentally. You're okay, you're forgiven. That's okay, thank you. Uh, last one, um, let's see, Flitch says, uh, <laughs> favourite memory, goalkeeping memory, uh, Kurskis getting himself sent off deliberately against Cali Thistle, he got two bookings, and Lee Wallace had to go on goals. Um, as we'd used our subs, yeah, uh, got beat so by a last-minute goal, total, total bottler and one of the worst-ever hearts keepers, which is hard to disagree with. But on the plus side, as we've said before, it's always good to see outfield players having to go in goals. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so that's that's about for the goalkeeping side of things. Um, and you doubted me. You thought that was shit, that homework from last I week. I know I did. I thought was it was pretty rubbish, but it went out OK. Um, and you here... know what's going to happen this week, don't you? When we, when
1: we think we have... A nice, decent homework question. Everyone will be like, yeah, whatever.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. And, and Incidentally, a live update for us right now. It won't be when you're listening to this, but I'm going to go anyway. St Mirren have just went in front at Fair Park in their Cup replay.
1: Um, have went or have gone? I don't like have went. It doesn't sound right. It might be grammatically correct, but have gone
0: in front. Have, gone have in, went in front? I uh, don't like no, have went. No, St have... Yeah. St Mirren have scored. St have scored. So they are now ahead... Have went, jeez Come on, um, you're, well, better, I, you're better than that. I know, get, I know. You don't get
1: commentator of the year for using grammar like that. Uh,
0: yeah, I would never use it in another situation, but I guess it's when you like
1: I've done it in commentary. But I didn't want to say. Oh, did I? Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna correct you. That's oh, that's been a right dick. Oh, you say to your pal, oh, you said that. No, but now the situation has arisen, <laughs> or is it arose?
0: <laughs> right. So, anyway, um, Motherwell nil, minimum one is a scoreline. It might might be nice for us to see that go to extra time if if we can Tuesday night oh, game on Friday. This is
1: Look, this, this is what this is what we've come. This down is to. what Seriously. this this is, this what, is what it's way, come to. Exactly. We now hope that St. Mirren get an extra half hour, so they may be a little bit more tired for yes. the game we've gotten for. Oh, Jesus. Yes, I.
0: I we need every small advantage we can. It's, get. I can't argue.
1: Is is true? It's just a. It's a shame. It's come to this.
0: It is sad times. Can we talk about our
1: boy in charge?
0: Well, we we are we're going to move on and talk about submitting. So before we get into that, yes, go on. The floor is yours.
1: No, I'm not going to take up much of your time. A couple of things <laughs> up here. So this week's been interesting, right? The Hearts fans don't need much to argue with each other. We're pretty good at that. We have been for a while. Um, but we're, <laughs> we we sum up the Hearts fans' nature of. Uh, on a Saturday before a game everything's or hypothetically everything's fine and then suddenly everything needs changed ninety minutes later. I'm not saying everything was fine, but you you get the drift. So um I, we, we appointed Stendel. We were all for that and um well, I say we were all for that. There were very few dissenting voices once he was uh once he was appointed. And I, I stick by him. I stick by him. you don't you don't change everything that he wants to change quickly. But there are questions, um, Devil's Advocate and all that. Why is he, is he making too many changes? So, um, Stendhal's league record at Hearts: St. Johnston, loss. Celtic, loss. Hamilton, loss. Hibbs, loss. Aberdeen, draw. Ross County, draw. Rangers, win. St. Johnston, draw. So, there's a run of four unbeaten, albeit three were draws, but we were ahead against St. Johnston. Then, loss to Kilmarnock, loss to Celtic, and draw with Hamilton. So there's that. Ian Cathro's first ten league games: one, three, drawn, two, lost, five. Eleven out of a possible thirty points obtained. Stendel has six out of thirty, or seven out of thirty for the last ten. Um, what 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 do we think of of the job he's done? The honeymoon period is over. There's there's no yeah. doubt about that. Uh, now the, this is when. Um, we're just taking this in pure isolation of it's it's, it's this new manager in charge and, and how he started. What do you make of, of what he's done, of the stuff that's been written about him, of some Hearts fans saying, have we made a mistake? Of others saying, nope, we need a change. Of others saying, don't be so ridiculous, give it time. What is your take on this?
0: One of my slight concerns early on was, is Stendhal the guy we a point in the summer after getting someone in just to get us through to the end of the season and keep us up the guy who'll just come in not make many changes boot up the arse get the basics right um and drag us through to the end of the season what like you know know, the the kind of sam allardyce of of scotch football i don't know i'm not saying who it is but you know how these guys who get a job in england just to get teams out of the mire so is that who we needed next? And Stendhal was then the person who takes over with the whole summer to reshuffle things. I don't know. So is, is
1: Stendhal the right guy at the wrong time?
0: Maybe. But that will... I don't think you can say that for sure till the end of the season. Because, you know, you go through the results. I think a couple of caveats here. One, Ian Cathor took over from a team that were doing reasonably well. They had been second. I know that... That was maybe a false position, but they'd be doing reasonably well. They were one of the better teams in the league at the time, form and player-wise. Um, so I think you've got to take that into account. When Levine took over, I guess you'd have a much better understanding given he was he had been involved in some of the signings. He knew the team pretty well. Stendhal's coming from another country. He wouldn't have known much about Scottish football. If anything, it's a whole new ballgame for him. I, see all those pre- pre twenty twenty games. I pretty much wrote all those off. Um as in not not at the time, but in terms of the results, hardly you can hardly hold him for that at all. Obviously he then got his January, made some silence, had a few weeks to work on things, and it seemed to be coming together a little bit. Um my concern is more the last I guess three, four games um where he's had quite a bit of time now. Um you know he's had all of January uh, he's had you know half of December when he first came in, so it's a couple of months he's had, and things aren't working. That's that is a concern, and we said about things like the zonal marking. You can't you, know, you can't put that on Craig Levine's head or anything else. That's Stendo's tactical choice. That doesn't work. So yeah, I, at the moment it's up in the air. I'm not one of these. I'm, look, apart from anything, Mark, I think at this point. It would be detrimental to talk about changing things. I think we have oh, we're to, not, we have I'm to not, I'm see I'm not advocating that. Yeah, we I'm have not, to see this through not. now. Um, of course, hundred percent. I think um, at this point with the the players he has, the confidence levels and the fight we're in, I think he possibly has to not has to, but maybe my idea would be curb his enthusiasm for his approach slightly at times, possibly um and maybe regroup into somewhere and really see if he can get it implemented because it's a team bereft of confidence bereft of belief in a in a sticky situation you know it's not going to be a pretty situation even if this plays out for the positive for hearts I, I don't think it's gonna be pretty i think it's gonna be a battle and i can't see there being much in it i think this is going to go to the wire whether it goes our way or not
1: on a, a kind of grander scale above the manager, how's the club being run right now? That, that, that's not a question that, that needs to, to be answered as, as far as this podcast is, is concerned, because it's something I'd want to do more in-depth. But I would offer you this. Hearts got relegated in 13-14 with 23 points. Should have had 38, but got the 15-point deduction due to administration. Um, that was Lockie as manager with a transfer embargo and playing kids and a wage bill of under a million. Now the wage bill is nearly nine million, apparently, and Hearts have got 19 points right now. So it's it's an interesting it's an interesting time. And again, it's it's offered without comment because you'd need all the info. Yeah. You'd need both sides of the story. Um, you'd need to speak to people on both sides as well. It's just it's it's where it's where we are. Right now, we're underachieving, um, certainly on the field. There's, there's no doubt about that whatsoever. Um, but I'll go right back to, to where I was at the start. The, there was so much optimism and confidence. Surely we can beat Hamilton at home. Um, maybe that was a reality check. We're clearly nowhere near as good as, as some think we are. Um, and just because we've got a, a maroon shirt and a badge um and we represent Hart Midlothian, it means absolutely nothing. Yep. Right now. And and Friday night <laughs> if Saturday was a must win, what's Friday now? I know We're
0: running that's... out
1: of we're running out of excuses.
0: And I said uh, I said on Twitter on Saturday after the game actually, because again we'd been talking about 2013-14, and on the same day in twenty fourteen, um Hart's as you mentioned, in administration playing kids, what, an eighth of the wage budget supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um and we just went on a four-game unbeaten run. Uh, it meant we'd got 21 points that we'd earned after 26 games, albeit we weren't on 21 points. That was including five wins. Same point, fast forward six years, less games played, less points, and just three wins. I mean, that it's just information like we're talking about, but from a football perspective, that's that's, that's damning, considering the yeah. resources now available.
1: And and the other yeah 100% and, and the other it doesn't it doesn't stand up at all well the other thing to talk about and again we're we're just playing devil's advocate here because we're we're kind of not so much representing our different opinion but there are those that are are anti stendhal there are those that are pro Stendal after what's happened and I don't think the anti stendhal brigade is, is still in the minority at least I I would hope it would be because we can't footballs you can't keep chopping and changing and expecting. Um, different results all the time. Although, when we signed all those players uh, under Craig Levine, that's clearly what he thought. But speaking of signing players, um, again, you're never going to get 100% strike rate. I think I think you do well in football to get a, a 60% strike rate, and players you've brought in doing well. Love the signing of Liam Boyce, um, Avdi and Langer. Oh, they look way, way out of their depth so far. Um, as far as Avdi is concerned, there is hope that he's a cost of an international there in the playoffs. He could be playing at the Euros. Uh, there's, there must be a player in there. It's just we haven't seen it yet. For Langer, he was playing. What was it fourth tier?
0: Yeah, German fourth football, fourth tier regional
1: football. He looks like a fish out of water yeah. so far. But with Sibic, Civic again, I'd, I'd put him from what we've seen, which hasn't been much. He'd go in the if it's a so perceived so-called good signing. He'd be in with Boyce, um, but he's, he's been ill. And we've missed him. Yeah. Um, but Langer, oh, I hope he's I hope he's a lot better than he's shown so far.
0: So, next up for Hearts, they do travel to Paisley to take on St Mirren. Friday night football Ooh. in Paisley. Motherwell have just levelled it, incidentally. So, they replaced the replays to Lawnmark um, in that game at a Park. But Hearts will go into this game um, with a chance, believe it or not despite all the chances we've thrown away, with a chance to drag themselves off the bottom and potentially go level on points with St Mirren, with Akies playing Motherwell on Saturday, which is a game which could go either way. You know, Motherwell off form, Akies beat them last time at Fir Park. Um, Saints, though, last seven at home, only one defeat, and that was to Celtic. Um, Only conceded two in their last five home games, although in league games, they have only scored three in their last four at home Heart's last win there, um, 2012 in the Scotch Cup. Um, only league win there, December 2010. And we go into it, mark as you probably know. Two wins from 21 league in matches, the shit. and just one away win in 18 on the road, dating back almost a year now oh, in I the don't. league.
1: And that was at Dens Park. It was.
0: Uh, well, the one win was it. The one win was at Easter. Yeah, road, one was yeah. at
1: Hibs. Yeah, but the one before that the, was March. 2018, uh, 2019 wasn't it at Dens Park? Yes. When they were really shite. Yes. Yes.
0: So we're gonna win. Yep. <laughs> you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll say that every week.
0: I, I mean, don't
1: know. I'm, I'm, I'm now. Sense doesn't make sense anymore. I. Yeah, we're gonna win. We've got to. And. I, I'm not. I, I, there's nothing I can base that on at <laughs> I, all yeah, it's I, total stupidity and I'm, I'm allowing myself for it to happen again what, what makes, what makes is, me think we can win gonna, that yeah, game
0: why is it going di- to be different
1: exactly. exactly but I can't go into a game I want to look forward to games and you know what, meandering mid-table with no threat of going down or no chance of Europe is dull at least we're giving some Drama to proceedings. Okay. Are we going to win? Yeah, we we are. And we're gonna win by playing Stephen Naismith a little bit further forward. Um,
0: Submitted have uh, scored again. Two one up
1: for Park. Well they can get all their goals and then Mother will equalize it. I'll go to another replay, and I'll go to a fourth replay and then a fifth replay. And uh, they'll be they'll be absolutely shattered because all these games are gonna have to be played um before the Hearts game. So yeah, they'll 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 be dead on their feet by then. Um tell me it's going to be alright Laurie
0: I wish I could I, I really don't know uh, I, I it's that, that game against Hamlin is put to the point now that I'm just like we have just got to hope that it will be better next time but there's no reason to think it will so let's hope that it's better and by this time next week we are talking about our first win in Paisley in 8 years and our first league win there and in almost a decade, but surely, but better Hearts teams have gone there and got zero. So
1: yeah, um, but but not not with what's at stake now. That, yeah, well, now, well
0: we we thought that against Hamilton.
1: I know, I know, hundred percent. And again, we're all I'm allowing myself to be hoodwinked by the fact that yeah, I mean Hearts and men, of, of course. We'll, I. It's blind loyalty it's now. blind
0: faith. Blind blind faith, yep. blind optimism. Blind faith
1: and and just, just trusting in players that if they don't get the finger out, then...
0: Faith is all we've got. It's all we've got left out, Mark. It's all we've got is just faith that something will Hamilton,
1: St Mirren and Ross... Kenty, come on, hearts. Really? With these players that
0: we have, there's
1: enough good players that they've got to step up. I'm not interested in blame right now. 3-1 St oh, Mirren,
0: still in the first half. Oh Jesus! You're running riot. That's... I was going to say before. It's at that
1: Motherwell as well, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I was going to say before. Yeah. Um, St Mirren can't score at least, but they're they're defying that right now. Um, okay, never know. By the time
1: would you would you, take, would you take a point right now?
0: I wouldn't. <sighs> we can't though. We can't keep no, drawing no. because we've got we got Easter Road coming up after that, and I don't fancy getting anything from that the way things are going.
1: That's, that's a stupid game because it it the way Darby's. Have worked more often than not in recent years. The team that expects to win doesn't. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we thought we had a decent chance at home and they they were comfortable winners yeah, I think against they thought,
0: us. I, I think they were pretty confident given how terrible we'd been. Well, may,
1: may, maybe, but that, that'll take care of itself. Let's don't right, okay. really worry about that. Go any this homework. And we're going to get all three points. My homework this week um, is as follows Within reason, So we're talking not 10, 12 million pound players. In fact, not even a million pound player. But within reason, if you were to sign one outfield player to supplement the Hart squad for next season, who would it be within reason? So you can look for guys that are out of contract at the end of the season or who maybe wouldn't cost much. You can can have them from anywhere in the world. Show us your knowledge of of, of um, other leagues and, and why you would have them if it's someone obscure. My one would solve a problem, uh, and it would be Stephen O'Donnell of Kilmarnock. He's out of contract in the summer. Um, he's been linked with the likes of Oxford. I think he thinks he can do better than that. Maybe he fancies a shot down south. But it would allow, if they want to play Michael Smith in the centre, it would allow that, but more importantly, it would allow Sean Clare to play a little bit further forward. So I think that would make sense. Stephen O'Donnell, and I think you'd get him for less than someone like Liam Boyce is on if he's on six. Um, I think you'd get him for for maybe four grand a week. And this is all, here's your asterisks. This is assuming Hearts are playing Premiership football next season.
0: Which... At the moment, we can't assume, because what does that do? <sighs> <laughs> okay, we won't even go with that joke. Um, okay. Well, so what's
1: the answer? What's, what's your punchline?
0: It makes an asset of you and me. i
1: would never heard that before. What? No. You had not It's because it's not funny.
0: Well, it's funnier than some of the things you've come out with.
1: Oh, no, let's do this. What about today? <laughs>
0: This isn't old Farm FM. Come on now. <laughs> okay, okay. So your homework for next week: if you could sign one player, realistic player, your one player, outfield player, outfield player, one realistic outfield player, who would that be? You can tweet us at Around the Funnel, and you can email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. We will return next week, um, maybe talking about a win, maybe not. Um, all we've got now is faith.
1: Oh, George Michael, kick us out. Boy. Cause I